Today on The Breakdown, just a few days ago, they were playing the Aussie Millions main event in James Hopkins, and Dewey Ho played a pretty interesting hand. They were already in the money. There were about 50 players left. Hopkins is going to face just the toughest of decisions. Can he make the right play? We're going to find out right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You might be able to mic the right play. Yeah, you know, I, I was aware as I said it, but I just keep going. You got to keep going. So I mean, you're going to point it out anyway. I'm going to point it out anyway. Can he mic the right play? I mean, that's a fair question. This feels like a pretty big deal hand in the poker world, so I'm a little bit surprised it was only suggested by one person, DJ it, Elixir. It did just happen. Like I'm two, disappointed. Two days ago it happened. I'm disappointed in all of you, except for <laughs> DJ Elixir. Also, it's in Australia, so it's at weird times. Brian with a Y? Where are you? Alex Klaus? What's up? Alex. Alex Klaus, yeah. You said Alice. No, I said Alex. Like Alex. Jay Wrecker, where are you at? Colin yeah. West, do you even exist anymore? I mean, these people, I don't even know about them. Yeah. They're ghosts. Where are they? They're dead. Okay. Well, that's, that's sad for them. Well, it's not sad for them. It's sad for their loved ones. They're dead. You don't have to feel sad for them. They're, they're moved on. Oh, <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Nacko Ball? Where, where are you? I mean, he's fine. I'm going to look at my list. Assuming it's a he, Nako's fine. Where's uh, Anyway, DJ Elixir, nice job. Where's Max Sawyer on this thing? Where's Coy? What's the name of the guy who suggested the... Daniel Boston, Isaac Carlisle. What's the name of the guy who suggested the last breakdown that we did where we didn't mention the name? Daniel Paré. Sorry, Daniel, Daniel. Paré. Thanks for that tweet about the hand we did last yeah, time. Yeah, you get credit for this one, too. <laughs> Fabian Quas and uh, Timothy Adams, that hand. Fascinating hand. That was a good hand. Go check it out. We like that the hand. the Twitters and the YouTubes and the uh, Xbox. Fabian Quas made a pretty surprising fold in what feels like a spot you can't make a fold. Will... James Hopkins, 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 Hopkins yeah. be able to do the Second same. Second podcast of the day. Is it obvious? Will James Hopkins be able to do the same? I want to get an S in there because of Bob Hoskins. You know? All right. So this is a little different than the last hand we did, which is the aforementioned Fabian Quas, Timothy Adams hand in that Hopkins, I don't know if Hopkins is a pro or not, but we do know he's satellited into the Aussie Millions main event for 550. So he's not like a high roller 10K, put it all down type of guy. Yeah. And uh, Dewey Ho... A couple of his decisions make me think it's pretty clear he's an amateur. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be shocking if he wasn't. The dynamic's a little different in this guy. In this guy? This guy. This hand is, you know, I'm, anthropom- this, I'm anthropomorphizing the hand. Yes, you are. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't do that. Why? Because once you start naming. Oh, then you can't kill it? I didn't exactly. name it. Well, you're sort of. When you, what do you think anthropomorphizing is, man? That's, it's not naming something. <laughs> No, when you name something, you're an, you're anthropomorphizing it, are you not? Of course, no, you are. not necessarily. Oh my God, really? No, because you can name uh, you can name objects, and they don't have to be associated of with. Of course, they do. <laughs> okay, anyway, named anything? Name. There's a glass right now that is sitting not too far. Jennifer, look at it now and tell me. I can't drink out of Jennifer anymore. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, bro. Jennifer is a slave. <laughs> okay. Anyway, second podcast. See. Yeah, second podcast. All right, so. Uh, as Jonathan said, there's about 50 left. We are in the money. It's about a 25K Australian dollar payout right now. Why? Jonathan's over just laughing. What's going on? I just can't believe I said, well, he mic the wrong decision. We just let that go. We don't, re- we don't redo it. We just let it go. That's crazy. Yeah. Everyone else in the world would do it again. We're pressed for time. No, we're, we're really not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. So it's 3K, 6K. About 50 players left. Yeah. And this is the first amateurish decision that Dewey Home makes is sizing. 
He has a 347K. He's got Ace King offsuit, Ace of Clubs, King of Hearts in the hijack. He makes it 20K at 3K, 6K. Yep. Now, it's possible we need to give him more benefit of the doubt because there are some really good players who mess with the dials as it, when it comes mm-hmm. to sizing and, and, you know, try to change it up, you know, like uh, Max Steinberg. This, I was just going to say, if this is Max Steinberg, you'd be talking about how brilliant he is, how smart he is, how you admire him. You want to try it. When it's Dewey Ho, he's just an amateur. Yeah, I think he probably is. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes it 20K, 347K to start. He's got over 50 blinds yeah. in the hijack. James Hopkins uh, is on the button. He's pretty happy because he's in the money. He only got in for 500 bucks, man. It's 550 good. satellite. Yeah. Yeah, pretty it's good. 25K payout. He's got 248K in front of him, and he flats with 8-9 of hearts. Do you think that this is too loose for the sizing? It's close. He puts in three and a half... 248K, right? So we're talking 41 blinds or something like that. I think we can probably just barely call and have it be okay. I think it's okay to call here. Probably. And I assume if we're right about Dewey Ho and he is an amateur, if James Hopkins has been playing at this table for a long time, he's like, this is a guy who can pay me off if I hit. Right. So maybe maybe it makes it a better situation. We get position too. It's it's pretty good. We also We're deep enough. We can do this. And also uh hose sizing makes it so that the blinds aren't going to come in as often. We don't have to fight as many people. That's true. But actually if someone comes in it's not the end of the world either. We've got a hand that plays well multiple Yeah, eight, nine of hearts is pretty good for it's that. It's okay either way. Although if they come in the stack to pot's going to get a little wonky quickly. Right. Well, anyway, nobody does. So the pot is now 57,000. $57,000. No, it's 50,000 57,000 Australian dollars but then no it's not but then yeah. you convert those to tournament chips yeah so actually what's the, we'll have to do some calculations what's the equity of the pot right now that's a really interesting thing yeah. to do let's get let's back not to do that on that but you know before we get to the flop which is going to be heads up with ho with uh the old Whoa. ace of clubs king of hearts yeah and uh call them ho yeah it's his name dewey ho dewey ho and hopkins with the we eight nine of hearts i want to talk a little bit about nitrogen sports poker room okay let's do that all right it's where, you know, you can see flops. You can have people overbet preflop and you can call because you think they might be bad. Those and, are good reasons. And uh, do things. you can play with the poker guys because we have a monthly tournament. It's true. Also, Nitrogen, every time you win a tournament, they send you a little bunny in the mail. Is it's, that true? It's dead usually by the time it gets there, <laughs> but it depends on where you live. If you yeah. live close to Nitrogen, sometimes it's still alive. They're not trying to, like, scare you. They're trying to be nice, but... They're still working on the it air was hole. Not, it thing. was an ill-thought-out promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, who doesn't like bunnies? All right, that's a lie. But what yeah. is not a lie is that if you use the link in the description, that is the only way to get access to the exclusive Poker Guys tournaments. I'm not sure if I trust that either. It's true. After the bunny thing. It's true, though. Okay. It's true. So use the link in the description <laughs> when you sign up. Nitrogen is a good poker room. It also has a sports book, which has all sorts of sports betting, an online casino. And uh, it's Bitcoin only, which means... Lightning fast withdrawals and transactions, you know, five to 20 minutes. Pretty, pretty sweet. You get two of those for free every month, two free withdrawals every month. The nitrogen will just pay the cost of because it does cost money to transact Bitcoin. Yeah. Nitrogen's like, you know what? You don't have to pay that customer. We value you. That's so, right. We'll shoulder that load customer. And, and there's no internal processing at nitrogen like there is with other poker sites where yeah. even if you transact in cryptocurrency, they make you wait a day. Nitrogen mm-hmm. just goes on the blockchain. It's as fast as the blockchain is moving. Yep. It's real fast. Is yes. what other people might say. <laughs> it is real fast. Super fast. But you got to use the link in the description when you sign up. That gets you access to cool Poker Guys events. Every month we have a tournament at the end of the month. Super low buy-in. Always a huge overlay. 
get you into that. And we have other events too uh, throughout the year. And so this gets you opportunities to play in those. Yeah. Also, we're going to start having giveaways. Probably by the time you hear this, we're already, we'll already have some. Yeah. Nitrogen will be doing giveaways through us and uh, you're going to need to check our Twitter to see what's up with that. We are of course at two poker guys. That's the number two poker guys. Grant. So uh, nitrogen sports, get yourself a free bunny. That's the new logo. <laughs> Everyone gets a bunny. Perhaps a free meal. I don't know. It depends on Whoa. how quickly you get the bunny. Wow. I, you know, a lot of people do eat rabbit. They sure do. I don't know why. Probably get it out of my head, man. They probably think it's good. Messes my head up. I can't eat it. You eat other animals. But not rabbits. And I don't eat other cute animals. Would nope. you eat a cat? If someone said, here's a cat, would you eat it? I don't know. What does it taste like? Well, you, you have to find out by eating it. If, what if they're like, this is the best flavor that you've ever had in your life? I would taste it. <laughs> <laughs> but what if they said it's a cat? It tastes like rabbit. Would you eat it? I don't know. It tastes like chicken. Would you eat it? I mean, I don't know. Like, would you eat it? It's a yes or no question. I like to say no to these things because I, like, in theory, uh, want to be a vegetarian because I think it's actually okay to be a vegetarian and... The modern world, as far as like getting the right amount of nutrition, we can handle it. Mm-hmm. But I'm too selfish to do it. That's, that's so you're truth. saying you would eat a cat if it tasted like chicken? I'm saying I would eat all the cats. Okay. Because you're saying I don't know, which is weird because you had chicken for lunch, right? So you uh, obviously no, I had chicken. Tofu. It was tofu. Oh, was it tofu? Yeah. Rats. Yeah. I thought I hoisted you by your own petard there for a second. You didn't. So sad. Yeah. Oh, well, there'll be more opportunities, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck getting me more than I get you, buddy. Okay, thanks for the well-wishing. That was your first mistake right there. What, which thing? Oh, don't worry. It'll come, it'll come okay. to fruition. All right, let's get to the hand. <laughs> Great idea. All right, so we got eight nine of hearts for James Hopkins on the button. Dewey Ho had opened to 20K with his ace of clubs, king of hearts. 57K in the pot. The flop is jack of hearts, queen of clubs, four of clubs. So they both have straight draws and two back doors. They both have gut yep. shot straight draws to the same 10 mm-hmm. and two back doors. Uh, so what do you want to do if you're Dewey Ho? Wait, wait, what are Dewey Ho's back doors? Or, well, not, not two back doors, excuse me. One back door and the gut shot they each have. That's Dewey Ho's I mean. got a flush draw too? He has ace of clubs. Okay. There's two clubs. Great. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to do if you're Dewey Ho? I mean, we can bet, we can check. Both are fine. I think it's fine to bet this, actually. We, um, a lot of the time when we improve, it may be hard to get a lot of value if we hit an ace or a king anyway. We're going to fold out the guy. If we're called, we have, some, we have a reasonable amount of equity. I think betting's fine. We're out of position, too. True. If we're but in if, position, I'd be more apt to check it. If we bet and we hit an ace or a king, though, we often lose on that ace or king if they call. Um, I don't know if we often lose. We sometimes lose. I mean, king 10 gets there, of course, on an, on an when an ace comes. And, so does uh, ace jack, so does ace queen. Of course, of course. Yeah. But, you know, they don't always have those things. They can have king queen and king jack, and we can win. And a king can come, and we can lose to those. Yeah. But a 10 can come, and we can make the nuts. How about then? What do we lose to then? Uh, the back door door card. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Anyway, of course there are problems. There's always problems. Yeah. But. Betting and checking, I think, are both fine here. Yeah. I, I don't hate a check at all. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't hate a bet at all. I, th- I think I prefer betting slightly. Yeah, maybe so. He does have the backdoor nut flush draw to go with it, which helps. A tiny bit. So Dewey is going to bet, but... I think he's choosing transparent sizing, saying kind of like, I don't really love the flop that much. I just want you to go away. Mm-hmm. Bet 17K into 57. Maybe he's the kind of guy who bets less than his uh, open because he's super cool. Maybe. Do you think he would do this if he had top two? I really don't. I think Dewey Ho, based on his sizing, just, just by three and a half Xing a pre, makes me sure he wouldn't do that. Right. So it feels very transparent that he does not like the flop, and he's probably going to fold if we raise. Well, I would jump all over this if I was 
Hopkins, personally. Yeah. Well, Hopkins does seem to think that the 17K represents some weakness. Now, this is kind of a cool hand to raise anyway, because we do have the gut shot and the backdoor flush draw. Yeah. Like, if we're going to have a bluffing range, this is a pretty good hand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, he might just be reading clear weakness from Dewey. And Hopkins does raise. He raises to 51K, which I think maybe he needs to choose a bit of a bigger size. It is pretty small. I guess he just thinks, though, Dewey's just going to fold a lot based on his 17K sizing, which is possibly true. It is possibly true. I mean, if Dewey had something like two nines, this is just going to do it. If he had Jack-10, he shouldn't be betting Jack-10, but if he did have it, he shouldn't be betting nines or Jack-10, but if he had those things, decided to bet them, he might just decide to fold rather than put more chips in. They're not super deep, you know? Yeah. I mean, but the pot was 57K before Dewey even bet. I think 51 is not quite enough. Not crazy. Not I crazy. 70 Something like that. Sure. The thing is, Hopkins only has, what, like 170 behind after this race to 51. So if he makes it 70, he'll have 100. Like, it costs, like, these are important chips. Absolutely. Which is a reason, by the way, not necessarily, you don't have to raise. If the guy is scared and doesn't like the flop, you can flat. That's another way to win this pot, you know? That's true. You're in position. I wouldn't want to fold based on the sizing. If he bet it big, I would probably just say we should fold. But yeah. I think flatting is probably better because we don't have to risk as many chips and we can still win so, so often, personally. That may be true. I kind of like that idea. But if we think that this sizing means we're often going to get folds when we raise, it's fine just to pull the trigger. I agree. I agree. Now, of course, there is some obvious problems with this, right? The biggest problem is we're representing a very thin range right away. Yep. What do we have? We have pocket fours. We have queen jack. We have king ten of clubs. We have ace ten of clubs. Yeah, we have all the combo draws. And maybe 9-10 yeah. of clubs sometimes, maybe 10-8 of clubs sometimes. Yep. Maybe just the nut flesh draw. Not usually sets of jacks or queens because we didn't three-bet preflop. Maybe we can have king-10 or 9-10 sometimes, but like a lot of draws and not too much made hand value. Yep. That's what we have. And then maybe some weird air, but you wouldn't expect too much Which weird Which does air. matter against some players, but I don't think it matters against Dewey. I agree. I think that's quite possible here. Um, I think it's not going to be easy for him to see it. By the way... Queen Jack is a very reasonable holding. Yeah, and there so are nine combos push. of that. So that's like, you know, nine more combos than zero. Okay, that's true. And three combos of pocket fours. There's already 12 combos. Of course, if, we th- if we're doing, we think about all the draws this guy could have, we can never fold. I'm going to make an extremely dark poker documentary, and it's going to be called Nine More Combos Than Zero. That's, that's the goal. Why would it be extremely dark? You'll see why. You're going to be in it. I want to... Wait. The dark part. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a threat? It feels like a threat. What are you? No, 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 no. What is it then? Oh, it's just a thought. Uh, when you um, say dark, is it like a lighting thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Second podcast of the day, people. Yeah. Keep up. <laughs> yeah, you better keep up. All right. So Hopkins does raise to 51K. Now, what do you want to do as Dewey? Yeah. Okay. So it's only 34K to call. How much is in the pot now? 51. There was 58 in before. There's 57 plus 17. Yep. 68, 75, 126. And it's 34 to call. Our problem is we can be drawing, as you pointed out before, dead to everything but a 10. Yep. And maybe three tens are the only things we'd feel really good about, right? Because the 10 of clubs ain't great. Right. I mean, yeah. I we're, think we're supposed to fold. I don't think we're deep enough to do anything but fold. Yeah, I think you're right. We're out of position also. Even if we improve, it's going to be hard to get value easily. I think we're definitely supposed to fold. But Dewey decides to call. You know why? Because he's not very good? That's a version of what I was going to say, yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. An unkind version of what I was going to say. He does have the backdoor nut flush draw. 
but we're not deep enough for that to matter that right. much. If we had 200 blinds each, he should definitely call. Yeah. Also, because if he hits, the implied odds are amazing. The implied yep. odds are only pretty good here anyway. All right, so Hopkins is pretty unhappy. What do you think he's putting Dewey on now? Um, ace, uh, King, Queen, Ace, Queen, Ace, Jack, a stubborn two tens. It feels like a stubborn Jack to me more than anything else. Because he bets so little. Because of his sizing, yeah. Or maybe a flush draw. Maybe he has a, a so club like, draw. It's like King Jack, Ace Jack. Yeah, maybe maybe a draw. Maybe, yeah. It could be any of the draws, actually. Yeah, like six, seven be, of clubs or something. Six, seven of clubs, King 10. Yeah. Those are pretty reasonable. Yeah. That he might bet small on. All right. Well, now the pot got pretty big. 159K yeah. in the pot. And as you said, Hopkins has about 170K remaining. So this is not a great spot. As Hopkins, we have to be deciding on a brick... Are we going to continue? Yeah. Like if the deuce of spades comes off, are we going to fire and we're going to fire like 65 and then be in a really weird spot on the river? Are we going to, if he calls, are we going to shove our last 110 or not? Both sound awful. I think we probably, I think because we raise the flop, we should often continue on the turn if it's a brick. Yeah, I think that's probably true, especially considering Dewey's initial sizing and then that he called and i think he called relatively quickly which feels drawy or like stop betting i have middle pair yeah he, he called thing. really fast yeah so that's a reason to continue where you think like even if you can call this i don't know if he's going to be able to call uh the three barrels so as hopkins maybe we're thinking all right i'm going to bet the turn and i'm going to i'm going to shove a lot of rivers maybe not all rivers some draws come in maybe i can't it's we'll a- see although he also it's nice to be in position as hopkins it's possible if a draw comes in that Dewey would bet would bet if he had it, and so maybe we can move in on any draw where he doesn't come in. It does get a little too. does get a little tricky though, and you can get all up in your own head in Hopkins' spot here. When if you're assessing Dewey as a bad player, and we keep talking about him that way, it's possible he's good, but from what we've seen in this hand, we don't feel like he is. Sure. So this is what we do all the time when we're playing against people for the first time. Maybe we've spent a couple hours at a table with them. We assess them as a certain type of bad player. Yeah. And Dewey's this particular type of bad player who's going to bet draws or middle pair small and call quickly to shut you down. Mm-hmm. But there's more elements to that type of bad player than just that. Like it then becomes out of that type of bad player. Where does he branch off? Does he branch off towards he's a station anyway? He's going to call mm-hmm. you down with the jack, or he's going to call again and then fold a jack on the river. And it's really hard to get enough data before this hand happens to know that. And we're in a huge spot where we're going to risk our tournament life. The to good news that out. is this player is also relatively short. So if we fire all barrels at this. It's going to be hard for him to call because it's going to be for most of his tournament, too, at least chip-wise. Yeah. So that's something that is useful to us. If he had a lot of chips, I would say we should not continue because he might because he might be the guy who's just going to station us. It would also be useful if we had some indication of his net worth. And I mean that. I actually mm. do. Like if he's a, How important it, is this? Like If he's a rich guy, if he's wearing a watch that we're like, that's like a 60K watch, yeah. we might be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't take this shot. This is a guy who I think is a bad player and has money to burn. Probably not time to take a shot. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing to remember, too, is we're, there's like, what do we say, 50 people left. We're already in the money. We've all, everyone's gotten 25K, and the jumps are not big for a long time. So yeah. there's, there's no real pressure to bring to bear except like tournament life type pressure. True, but we counts, did but. start this hand with 40 big blinds. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, the pot, the pot would be big by then. And, and we're to the left of Dewey Ho, and he's going to keep making it, you know, three and a half X preflop. Maybe we should play for value against this guy, find a spot where we can play for value. We're on the button, yeah. and he's in the uh, hijack. hijack. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good table draw. It's a good table draw. I mean, yeah, and I guess you're saying, well, you're, I agree with you. Like, we're, we called preflop partially because we cannot play him, right? So let's yeah. go. 
Time to outplay him, I guess. I guess so. I mean, steal this pot sometimes. Yeah. Like now. Depending on his watch. Yeah. And, you know, the turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, the turn means we don't have to worry about any of those things anymore, I oh, yeah. think. Because it is the 10 of diamonds. So wait a second. So Hopkins just made a straight. Yep. Eight, nine, eight, nine, 10, Jack, Queen. That's good. But wait a second. Dewey Ho just made a straight. Ace, King, Queen, Jack, 10. They both have a straight now, and they think the other so guy can chop. kind of rarely. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a job. <laughs> it's really hard for Hopkins to think Dewey has a straight. Because yes. we think he should have folded Ace, King. Um, it would be hard for, I mean, I guess Dewey Ho doesn't really care what Hopkins has. He's got the nuts. But if he was thinking about it, he wouldn't think he had a straight either. No. So, you know, you wouldn't worry about that. Not that there's anything to worry about, but I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think he could be that strong that he would have a straight. You'd think maybe he has two pair or a set or something. Right. I mean, Dewey Ho could clearly have ace king of clubs, but he might have three bet that on the flop. Yes. I would actually expect him to. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes it, that's actually not the most likely combo of ace king, even though it's weird for him to have any of them. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're both in max value mode now. As they should be. Which I mean, is interesting. Also, let's remember, James Hopkins yes. has like 170K and the pot's got 150 some odd K in it. Yep. So let me just say, when this card came out, Jason Somerville and the people doing the broadcast with him were saying, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your, your vacation in Australia, Mr. Hopkins, because this is over. Yeah, You're good done. job making 25K. Yeah. But like, good game. Yeah. Which is a reasonable thing to say as the commentator at that point. What I'll say is, it ain't that obvious. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. Thank you for saying that. Sure. Hey, before we talk about what happens on the turn, I want to talk about something that is obvious. And that's the Dash Digital Cash is pretty awesome. Hey, 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 you did it. I did it. So, Jonathan, this is the first time we've talked about it. So what's Dash Digital Cash? Dash Digital Cash is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, except it has some serious advantages to Bitcoin. So some of the best things about it are that it is, we say lightning fast, but this thing is crazy instantaneous fast. Like we've done lots of things where I send you from my phone to you some Dash, and one second later, it is on your phone. You have it. Right. That's crazy. The cost is also pretty insane. It's yeah. one cent for one a transaction. Penny. It's and you can send us, of course, as much as you want for one penny. And it doesn't matter how clogged anything is or anything like that. The transactions are insanely fast and insanely cheap. Yeah. It's it, it's an actual usable currency. Right. It is it's got a great chance to be um, a cryptocurrency if they truly get adopted to be one of the cryptocurrencies and maybe even the cryptocurrency that is used by merchants and by everyone sort of day to day. Right. So we are big fans of Dash. They're a new sponsor on the yeah. show, which is why we're talking about them. But we also, I've, you know, I've held Dash for a while personally now. Yeah. We, I mean, we both actually believe in it as the currency, the cryptocurrency is maybe one of the three that's most likely to win the actual currency race. And it's like, wait, it seems way ahead of everybody else in my mind as far as how easy it is to use, how quick it is, and how cheap it is. Yeah. Another thing, which if you're thinking about... Um, potentially getting some, which makes it, I think, really attractive is the Dash Treasury. Yes. And so the way that works is every month, 10% of all new Dash that gets created is put into the Dash Treasury, which funds different projects, which are, by the way, just community um, initiated. So right. like people just, anyone who wants can make a proposal. It's not free. You have to they, pay they might sponsor something like us. Yeah. For example, like this is a Dash they Treasury do, project. They might use it to improve the already great infrastructure. Yep. They, uh, they do a lot of community awareness, which is like our type of stuff, a lot of infrastructure improvement, a lot of just general 
stuff that makes Dash better. Yeah, core software development. Um, well, the most notable thing I think so far is uh, Rory McDonald, who won the MMA welterweight fight uh, a title uh, yeah. last year, or last month, excuse me, in January. Uh, he was sponsored by Dash. Right. And that's the Dash Treasury doing that too. So the point is, as Dash gains in value, as it has been up until the, this very recent crash, that as we're recording anyway, for everything, not just Dash, the whole crypto market has yeah. gone red, although it's starting to come back. Um, as Dash gains in value, it has more and more money each month to spend to build itself and to become better both software-wise as well as awareness-wise, as well as putting in like point-of-sale things and merchants around the world. Yep. All these things are really happening, too. It isn't just like talk. Every month, this stuff gets funded. It's been going that way for a while now. Right, and it's, it's... Millions of dollars to fund. And it actually with. can be used for this stuff. Unlike many cryptocurrencies, you, you, if there's a point-of-sale thing there, it's great for the merchant. It's way cheaper than a credit card, and yeah. the transaction's instantaneous, so there's no, no worries of any sort of fraud or anything like that. Right, so to, to just... Uh, put a finer point on that like merchants usually pay three percent yeah of their take to credit card companies instead they pay one cent yep to dash that's crazy yep right and so that means lots of incredible things right first of all it's faster than a credit card transaction but more so it means merchants if they wanted to could pass that savings along to you if to encourage you to use dash so yep. they could charge you less for things because it cost them less Right. As well, everyone can make you can do better, and the merchant can do better too. So another reason why we think Dash has a real chance to become adopted. Anyway, so they're not just a sponsor; we truly do believe in them. Absolutely, and that's a quick little mini education. But we encourage you to go learn more about Dash. Yeah, we actually created a video, which by the time you hear this is definitely going to be out and uh, available to be seen. Uh, called well, we don't know what we're calling it. No, yet, we don't. But know it's we're like it. basically the basics of Dash, and uh, just to get even more into some of these points that we're talking about. Yep. Anyway, let's get back to the hand. Okay. All right. So uh, we are heading to the turn where the 10 of diamonds comes out. Oh, yeah. So now we have a straight for both players, Dewey Ho with the nuts with ace king on the queen jack 10 4 two club board and uh, James Hopkins with eight nine of hearts. So 159K, 10 of diamonds, Dewey checks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hopkins has to bet, right? He's, it's time to get the money in as, as quickly as we can. Of course. We, we're betting here, and we're excited to do so. Like, this guy has aces or ace queen or whatever. Let's, let's bet and hope he doesn't fold. All right, so we had 170K to start. How do we want to size this? How do we think it's the most likely that by the end of the hand, at least, we can double up? Right, I think that's the question, right? Yeah. What are we going to put in now so the river, he's going to feel obligated to call? Um, we have 170K? Yeah. I think, like, we had made it 51 on the turn and got called. I think like 65, 70K is pretty reasonable. So we can bet 100 on the river and it's going to be almost impossible to fold something good. Yeah. What do you think? That seems about right. Hopkins decides to go with 55. He's saying, please, please don't fold. I'm so strong. Please. Uh, if he's playing exploitatively against Dewey, which I, I believe he is, and he's putting Dewey on like a lot of middle pair type hands or flush draw type hands. Yeah. If he didn't get there, I'm imagining Hopkins would have bet a bit more. Me too. If, by the way, if he's putting on Dewey, Dewey on a hand like Ace-Jack or something, it's possible he's supposed to bet less than even 55. Yeah. Maybe he should bet 40. Right. Now, it's harder to get it in on the river. I'll say that. And there are a lot of action-killing cards on the river too. Like a club is going to kill action. Or beat you. Or beat you. That's true. Yeah. But if, you're just, but if we're specifically targeting like the middle pair hands, they may fold when we bet again, even 55. Yeah, they may. But I agree with you that he'd probably bet more if he had missed. Yep. Like, you just feel like you have to, right? You bet, like, 60, 65, maybe 65, so you can bet, so you can shove 105 on the river, 110 on the river, something like that. Yep. As a bluff. 
I think I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, none of those happy things are going to happen for Hopkins because he is drawing completely dead. Yeah. He's going to lose this hand. He cannot win this hand. The question is, can he keep his hat? He's not wearing a hat. But I didn't say he was wearing it. I said, can he keep it? Which one? He has multiple hats. Well, the one I'm talking about. What does it say or what color is it? I can't tell you that. Why? It's not, it's not known. <laughs> Why is the hat known then? What do you mean? All right, never mind. Things that are known and things that are unknown. Okay, that's good. Um, we know he has a hat. We don't know more <laughs> about it than that. Okay, philosophy class is over. All right, so you're Dewey Ho. You are ecstatic, obviously. Of course. Oh, the feeling both these guys had, I'm sure, when that card hits, like the adrenaline pumping shot that they both felt in their chest. It's been amazing. Yes. All right, so after Hopkins bets 55K, he's got about 115 left, something around there. Yeah. And the pot was 159 before he even bet the 55. Yeah. Is it time to just move in as Dewey Ho or just either call or move in? I feel like are the good choices. Yeah. I think we, we should move in. Yeah. Um, my reasoning, in case you're wondering, Grant, is first of all, I agree with you. Call or move in are the only options. We're obviously never folding the nuts. And a raise to any other amount than moving in looks stronger than moving in anyway. It does. It all looks strong. But that looks stronger. If we were in position, we could consider calling. Being out of position, I would hate it so much to have it go check, check on the river. I would also hate for a club to come and have it either go check, check, or we lose. I'd rather get it in now when we're ahead. That would be great. you know. And it's not like the raise is an, an unreasonable amount. Right? We're just 3Xing his bet, pretty much. So it's fine. Yep. I say we move in. I think that's the right play. I mean... Hopkins has shown nothing but strength post-flop. He could easily have queen-jack. Yeah. He, he could have a set of fours. Yeah. I mean, we want to get it in against those hands. Right. If he has a flush draw, we don't mind if he folds, but we also don't mind if he calls. Right. So If he has a big combo draw, maybe he'll find a call anyway. Yeah. And that's fine. He probably won't if it's for his life, but that's okay. Yeah. We got to win a nice pot already here. Right, and then we don't have to fade anything. Yeah. Like, I don't want to give him that 18%. Like, if he ends up getting there on the river and we are all in, we're not going to have very many chips left, right? No. There's only 50 players left. It's fine to win this pot. Not that that's our only goal. Right. We're hoping to get value, but it's really, it's not the end of the world for him to fold. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So Dewey decides that's not the play though. He doesn't want to move in. He doesn't want to call. He, so he, he wants folds? to, he wants to make, <laughs> yeah, he folds. <laughs> that's why I thought he was an amateur. Cause he folded. The notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but he, I, he's doing the amateur thing of being afraid when he has a super strong hand that his opponent's going to fold. Yeah. So he min raises. He makes it 110K. It's a weird thing to do with at these stack sizes, man. It really is. These stack sizes, you can't really do that. It looks crazy strong. What, if you were trying to get the guy to fold and you didn't have a super, super strong hand, you would move in to get as much fold equity as possible, of course. Right. Because guess what? Hopkins would have to call with all of his draws now. Yeah. He's like forced to, right? He's getting five to one at least. Mm -hmm. He's the nut flush draw. Maybe he would fold because of a chip preservation thing, actually. But I don't know if he... Ugh, it's such a bad spot if you're Hopkins, you have the nut flush draw here. It really is. It wow, really it's bad. Is. How much is in the pot if you're Hopkins? Maybe maybe we can find a fold. No, we can't. Do Well, if we can't. with the nut flush draw, you mean? There's over 300K in the pot. Yeah. We're going to have to call. Uh, yeah, there's, let's see, 165 plus 159. Yeah. yeah. We just have to call. For, I mean, it's 55. It's three, 55 doing 320. It's 6 to 1. It's better than 6 to it's 1. It's about 6 to 1. It's about 6 to 1. It's a little bit worse than it's 6 slightly to 1. slightly worse than 6. 6 to 1 would be 330. But it's close to 6 to 1. 
And even if we just have clubs and nothing else, we have the nut flush drop, for example. We obviously don't. And as Dewey Ho, we know, by the way, that he doesn't, which, by the way, is kind of meaningful. Yeah. But if the guy has, let's say, the king ten of clubs, which we don't block, um, then, you know, he's going to have to call, right? He just has to call. Hopkins might check back the king ten of clubs because he picked up showdown value. It's possible. It's possible. He wouldn't really think his it was good, though. But he'd probably just move in anyway, wouldn't he? Like, he'd either check or move in, probably, at that point. He's like, please fold your jack. Like, he's not trying to get value out of a jack by betting 55. Yeah, that's true. And also, he's like, if you call, it's not the end of the world, because if I get there, I get paid this way. All right, so let's forget about Dewey's perspective for a second, because I think that's the far less interesting perspective here. Yeah. Hopkins has a very interesting decision. It feels like, okay, we just move in and hope it's okay. That's like the default. Yes. But there's there's some factors here. Like, this min-raise looks so crazy strong. It does look pretty strong. I'm not going to lie. All right. So based on everything we can assume about Dewey, which is just about this one hand, that's all we have. Yeah. What are the hands we're giving him here? Queens, jacks, tens, ace king. I disagree with some of what you're saying. Not tens, right? Not tens. Also, maybe not queens or jacks based on his sizing on the flop and not three betting the flop. He can have them, but we can't give him all combos of them. How about that? He could bet right. super small when he flops really strong. He, he could, but, but then wouldn't he often three bet when there's a draw heavy board? He would often three bet. I don't know if he would always, but he would often three it's bet. It's like very few combos. He's an amateur. Amateurs play, when they flop sets, play really weird, man. They play slope. They slow play, and they play super careful. They so don't want to fold someone out. I've seen, Come on, you've it's, seen that. It's possible he could have a set here, but it seems less likely. I'll give you, I'll give you ace-king, actually. The thing is, it's hard for him to have ace-king, too. He called the race. Right. We were saying he should fold ace-king, right? All right, so, so because everything's unlikely, instead yeah. of doing the actual combos, let's do the ratio of combos and just assume they're similar. Like, Because it's unlikely he'd have any of them. Okay. We can just talk about the combos as if they're like a percentage of his range. Okay. Which makes it a little easier. Explain, than, explain what you mean. What I mean in a roundabout like, like, way is let's just give him all of the combos of all of them. Got it. Because they're all unlikely. That's fine. And use that as percentages. Cool. Okay, so the top three sets, tens, jacks, queens, there's nine combos of. Yeah, but let's not give him tens. I don't think we should give him tens. Because you don't think he would bet call. Yeah. It seems unlikely. So I think there's really just six combos there. Okay. But I think he can have the set of fours. Yeah, he can. So we're back up to nine. Nine combos of sets and... Uh, queen Jack. Yeah, okay. Then nine more combos for Queen Jack. Okay. So we're at 18. 18. There's 16 combos of Ace-King. 16 combos of Ace-King. Okay, wait. Could he have King-9? Could he have 9-8? Let's at least ask the question. He shouldn't, but he, he shows up with Ace-King. So he might be able to have king nine sometimes. I don't know if you can have nine. I think eight. it as now we're making a lot of subjective assumptions here, but I think when it's an amateur, he's going to be more likely to have entitlement tilt with ace king and decide to call the flop than any of those other hands. I mean, he he should. I mean, that's a better hand to call with. Yeah, um, it is better to call with that. But I think it's he's also going to be even more weighted towards calling with it due to entitlement mm-hmm. tilt. It's not crazy. Uh, I think he can have like no combos of nine eight, but I think he probably can have like a tiny bit of king nine. Like he might be, he might have like one comma of king. Now maybe it doesn't matter. Let's forget about that for okay, now. But we can use it later sure, as a sure. tiebreaker if we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Okay, so I think this spot is really interesting because it's one of those spots where when we're making this decision as Hopkins, I think it's a lot better to be going with a set of queens if somehow we could have a set of queens than eight nine. Wait a second, I thought of another hand he can have. What? Queen ten. 
Queen 10, yeah. Can he have Jack 10? Maybe he can have Jack 10. Maybe he can have Jack 10. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. He min-raised. It's like the strongest of things. It is super strong, but if he doesn't know what he's doing, I don't I mean, he should never have Jack 10 and play it this way, but maybe he can have it. Queen 10 feels more likely than Jack 10. They're both the same kind of problem. Okay, here's another factor that I think we can remove a lot of the combos we're talking about cool. with. Queen, Jack, Jack 10, and Queen 10, I think can all be almost entirely removed. Pre-flop sizing. Pocket fours, I think we can remove too. I don't agree. You don't agree? No. Why Why do you say that? Because it's big? Because he likes his hand? Yes. That's what you're saying? Yes. If he's the type of amateur that I'm thinking he is, I'm thinking he's sizing to three and a half X with ace, king, queens, and jacks for sure. He might be limping fours. He might be limping those other hands. He, if he's raising them, he might be min-raising them. Okay. It's possible. But he could also be one of two other types of guys, right? One is the guy who always makes a three and a half X no matter what. Yeah. Um, the other is the type of guy who, with his weaker hands, he makes it bigger because he feels they need more protection. Those guys ex- Both of those types of guys exist too, right? But you're right. I didn't even consider that he could like open limp those hands, yeah. which he's more likely to do than ace-king, obviously. Yeah. Um, with 50 left, no. He, I mean, obviously, there are guys who get this far and even farther. Yeah. So it's possible. And the Aussie well, Millions isn't that huge of a field. No. I mean, we're in the money, so we're in the final, you know. We're, we're significantly in the money, like 25K. So we're in like the bottom 4%. But obviously, some of these guys are going to get through. We see that yeah. always. So it's hard to know. I guess I feel like, like Hopkins should know more than we do about this. Hopkins should have a sense. He's been sitting there, right? Yes. He should be like, this guy never limps. Or this guy limps sometimes, and he didn't this time. Like, that is huge data right now. I, yeah, I agree. And no, I know I'm making a ton of assumptions, but I think these assumptions are coming from a place of knowledge for me. Like, I've... I've played a lot more no limit hold'em tournaments with amateurs than you have probably. You think oh, that's for fair? sure, no question. So, like, I, this is just my my assessment of the situation yeah. based on like all of the amalgam of knowledge I've I've gained through playing with certain types of amateurs over mm-hmm. the years. And I really feel like he's way more likely to have like his twenty k range be sets of jacks, queens, and ace king than the other hands that are in the range that we're talking about. Okay, I don't disagree, but I feel like it's a huge amount of assumptions. Oh, it is. And ultimately, Hopkins has that data, and we don't. Yes. So, but I guess you're saying if we're just going blind, if we just sat down at the table in Hopkins' shoes, you would think that, based yes. on because he's made a 20K to start with, right? Yeah. Okay. Sizing is so useful against, against recreational players. No question. Um, all right, so what I was saying before we got into that discussion was, it's an interesting enough spot where I think it's far better to have a set of queens here if we're uh, Hopkins than to have the hand we have. Well, sure. Yeah. Of course, a set of queens. I mean, yeah, because what are we afraid of? The same thing. Like, the guy never has 9-8, and the guy almost never has king-9. So, yeah, of course, we'd rather have equity than no equity, right? But I wouldn't necessarily know if we'd rather have a set of 10s than the hand we have. I think we probably wouldn't. Probably not. So, Although, if we give them all the combos of ace-king, queens, and jacks, there's almost twice as many combos of ace-king. Sure. But, you know... I would think that he's less like. It's weird. I think he's less likely to call a raise on the flop with the ace king. But if we're giving him all the combos, I guess you're right. Because we have to give him all the combos of all the things because yeah. he didn't three bet. Right? We don't really know what to do with it. Right. We yeah. didn't. He didn't three bet the set of jacks or set of queens. Okay. So yeah. Fair enough. But but there's a bigger thing in play here, right? Which is if even if we have a set of tens, we're getting a price too. It's not like we're not getting a price. We never have a set of tens though. We. If we put him on ace jack and we raise because he makes it 17K, we can end up sort of backwarding our way into I a set guess, of tens. I guess. I don't know. I don't feel like we'd... It seems like a little bit too much to do. We could just call the flop and see what happens on the turn. Yeah. Seems easier. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I agree with you. Bias had a I agree with you. Okay, so basically, the most obvious holdings are ace, king, queens, and jacks. It seems like for for Dewey. Yes, could could Dewey also have just pocket aces? By the way, I don't know. Depends on how bad he is. If he's that kind of an amateur, he might be having. This is what's aces. so tricky. This is what's so tricky to not know everything about some players. You know. Yeah. If we were doing this really well and we had all the time in the world, we might have watched a few hands before or something like that. But we don't have time. We got other things, man. We got poker guys, you know, stuff to do. Yeah, there's line items. Absolutely. Things yeah. happen today. I'm not going to lie. Lots of things that matter in yeah. poker guys world. Anyway, no one cares about that. So the point is we don't know any more than what we saw. We saw the one hand. So all we can do is go based on what we have, right? Right. So how do you lean here as Hopkins? Like, what's your plan? I mean, I have a pretty clear plan. You're moving in. Let's go. This guy can have sets. Let's go. I'm getting an incredible price. Some, if he has sets at all, it's fine. The guy can maybe can have two pair. Maybe the guy can have aces once in a while. I can't think of any hand he should play like this. So whatever. That's yep. what I would. So I'm like, my hand is way too good to fold based on I can't think of any hand that he can play like this, good or bad. It looks super strong, but this guy may not even know enough to know what is super strong. Does this guy think ace queen or queen jack is super strong here? I don't know. He doesn't know anything about what's going on. <laughs> like, look at him. He, he made three and a half X. I'm saying based on this little yeah. bit of data we have, three and a half X, he bet 17K. And now he min raised in this spot. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Does he know what he's doing? I don't know. That would be my question. So because of all that, I'd say my hand is way too strong to fold based on the fact that I don't feel like he, he may not even know what he's doing. He may be overvaluing ace queen for all I know. He may be. I just think it's so likely he's going to three bet sets on the flop. And I think it's also so likely he's going to bet bigger than 17K on the flop with a set. Mm -hmm. Like, I agree. Insanely more likely. I think so. I also think he really isn't making it 20K with Jack Queen or Jack 10 that often or Queen 10. I really just, that's my feeling on the situation. I could be wrong. Okay. But if I'm in Hopkins spot, that's how I'm feeling. Okay. If I just sat down at the table. All right. So continue. So you've decided all those things. I think it's okay to fold. I don't think it's necessarily good to fold, but I think it's not insane. I think it's acceptable if you really are just going with the read on this type of recreational play. Based on if you were sitting there and you had the read that you have, yeah. would you fold? Probably not. Okay. Just checking. Probably not capable of that. I mean, it's you don't like it when he clicks it back there, obviously. No, no one's going to like it, but you're just going to move in. I would just love to have eight, nine of clubs instead. So it's like, at least I have an escape hatch unless he has ace king of clubs. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That would be really nice. And, you know, a set of jacks would be nice to have here, too. Yeah, I'd much rather have a set. The thing least. is then we had to not three-bet pre-flop when yeah. he opened from the hijack. We don't have too many sets. We can have them, but it's harder. It's definitely harder. I mean, there, we haven't been talking at all about game theory elements of this hand because it feels very much like a guy who knows what he's doing against a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. So we're using that as their basis for things. Mm -hmm. But some game theory arguments that are clearly in favor of going with it are distribution. For like, sure. This might be the best hand we ever have. Maybe we can have King Nine suited. Yeah, maybe we can have King but Nine. But whatever. Suited. Yeah, it's like the second best hand we can ever have. Yeah. Then, like of all the hands that we'd ever raise here, oh my God, this is about as good as it ever can get. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good reason to go. That's with That's a it. very strong reason to go with it. Yeah. If you're not sure what to do. I mean, we don't block anything. That's a game theory reason not to go with it. I guess it's true. Well, we don't block clubs at least. Yeah, that's good. But I mean, the guy can have clubs. That, why would he? Click back clubs. He's not Why would he do with this? The thing is, I guess trying to figure it out based on his line is not useful because none of the hands make sense based on the line. No. 
based on my reads, I like if I was on my 100% exploitative game and I felt like my reads were spot on, I think I can fold here rarely. Yeah. I really do. I believe and I've done stuff like that before. And I sometimes may have been wrong because they don't always show, you know. Of course. But I've, that's the type of thing I've done exploitatively because some amateurs are just obvious enough that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Hopkins does that. Hopkins actually folds. He folds correctly, drawing dead. So crazy. Now, and it's hard to say if this is actually a good fold. It's probably not. I think it probably isn't. Yeah. But man, he makes the freaking fold. And by the way, uh, Dewey Ho is nice enough to show him Ace King. Hopkins doesn't show his hand. No. Dewey Ho shows him the nuts. And how good is Hopkins? Oh, you feel, feel? so good because you like if he doesn't show it, you're gonna f- worry about that for the next hour. Oh yeah, I don't, and really, if you go out anytime in the near future, you're gonna that may haunt you for days and weeks until you, until you see it's on the live stream and get to see what the story was. Yeah. You know? Like that could really stay with you. I've definitely had folds like that in big spots where I didn't know and I ended up folding and I never got to find out. And you know it. Sometimes I still think about those hands, you know? Yep. So he actually folds. It's in practice a great fold. And it's possible, like, ba- we're, we're saying this is probably not a good fold based on what we know. Yeah. As the poker guys who right. have watched only this hand with Dewey Ho. Correct. If these guys have been at the same table for, you know, 18 total hours. You might have a lot more It might be actually the correct fold. It might be a lot easier to yeah. find this fold. If you know things like he would always three bet his really big hands on the flop because yeah. he'd be afraid because I've seen him protect against draws. Right. He would never click back anything but the nuts on the turn. Right. Stuff like that. Then it's actually a much easier fold. It still hurts and you should still take your time. <laughs> but it, it becomes possible at least to fold. I'm going to go ahead and, and imagine that Hopkins has this information and is making what yeah. he feels like is an informed decision. It, it here. makes a lot more sense. If he also can sit there and say, well, he would never have, you know, he would have limped two fours. He, yeah, you know, he wouldn't have made it this much with queen jack, right. things like that. So now we're down to just queens, jacks, and ace king. There's more ace kings. He would have almost always three bet those other hands. He might not even click back queen a set. Yeah, like he's like a, maybe, but he might not. You know, and like, but he'd always click back the nuts. Here. I've only every time he's ever clicked back post flop, he's had the nuts. Something like that. That would be very meaningful information for us as Hopkins. Yeah, this more than any other breakdown that we've done. I feel like it's one of those discussions we have at our Airbnb when we're like traveling with our friends Mitch and, and mm-hmm. Robbie for poker and we're talking about a hand we had against a guy that we don't know very much about. Like this breakdown has felt so much like that. Yeah, absolutely. Compared to any other breakdown we've done. Yeah, and like well, yeah, and the, the other guys always end up asking lots of questions yeah. about the opponent and getting very little answers. Like, what did he look like? What did you see him do before? Yeah. What did this? What did that? How did he put the chips and everything anything we can get, trying to get some extra data to make yeah. a better decision. And uh, the player the whoever was playing the hands like Nothing. I he had just sat down, or yep. you know, if if you know if it goes that way, he had done this one thing, but it's hard right. to know if that matters. It's always like that, and we're always like, I don't know. Both decisions are probably okay. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, right. how, that's how it always ends up. I think it's probably a mistake to fold this hand because it's so high up in our distribution, and because I can at least conceive of hands that we're beating that could play like this. Yeah, that seems like good enough. Um, and sometimes it's just your time, you know, and it's okay. And in Hopkins' case, while he did not go out in this hand because he somehow found a miracle fold and bought himself a little bit extra time, he went out 47th for the same amount of money. No, I think he ended up making 35K instead of 25K. No, he went out 47th for 25K. Oh, okay. So from his... Although I say these things all the time and it turns out I'm wrong and you're right, but I'm pretty darn sure I'm right about this one. We'll find out, I guess. Well, I, don't want to, I don't want to assert for sure I'm right anymore. That might have been the ultimate worst case scenario, which I, I talked about in a recent episode of Poker Time. Where you like fold... 
Oh, oh, I see what you mean. No, what happened? I was I was recently playing a series of events at the Venetian and with a couple of our friends, and uh, I was at the point where we were about to go on dinner break. Right. And if we went on dinner break before I busted, I would have to go eat like the fast food court food. Yeah. Which is not very good. And uh, I ended up doubling up and having to eat the fast food court food. Whereas if I hadn't, I would have gone with our friends to Grimaldi's, which is like the best pizza in the world. Yeah. It's so good. Like, and having like a nice meal and some beer and been, been happy. I'm like allergic to most of the food at Grimaldi's and I eat as much as possible as many times as I can get there when I'm in Vegas. It's so good. Yeah. And they're not sponsoring this podcast. So yeah, instead of that, I doubled up, went to dinner at the fast food place, came back and busted two from the bubble an hour and a half later, which was by far worst case scenario. At least you had a chance to make some money, man. I don't care. I busted two from the bubble. Grimaldi's. I could have had Grimaldi's instead. Oh. Yeah. So good. Oh, well, can't win them all. Yeah, clearly. All right, I think we're done. Okay. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.